Welcome everyone to our NCAA social series. I'm Andy Katz. I'm pleased to be joined by three student athletes, some current, some former, some still in school, some competing internationally representing the United States. Uh, distinguished group of athletes right here. I'm going to start in my upper left, Madeline McKenna. She played volleyball at Cal University of Pennsylvania, uh, graduated with a degree in psychology last May, uh, but she didn't get her season, senior season, of course, because of the pandemic. She now is in grad school in Syracuse, uh, so we'll get to that momentarily. In my lower left, Kendall Spencer ran track at the University of New Mexico, where I actually started my professional career covering uh, UNM for the Albuquerque Journal way back, Kendall. So shout out to the Lobos. Uh, graduated in 2014. He is now a graduate of Georgetown Law School, but still competing internationally and domestically in the Olympic trials. And in my lower right, our current student athlete, Megan Cook. She runs track and cross country at Colorado College. That is of course in Colorado Springs. She's a junior majoring in molecular biology. As you can tell by this trio, I am clearly the lesser of the four in terms of academia. Um, never as accomplished as the three of you. All right, so Constitution Committee, we're gonna to get to that momentarily. I just wanna go around our little Zoom room here and just tell me first, I will start with you, Madeline, what your college experience as a student athlete was like when you started versus how it has changed uh, through the course of your career, which just recently completed? Oh gosh, well, I think the clear end was COVID. Um, but to start off, I think it, I can't even describe it. It honestly was nothing like I expected it to be, but at the same time, kind of what everything I'd hoped it would be. Um, I would say I started off just like every freshman does, like bright eyed and bushy tail, just ready to take on everything all at once, school, athletics, um, all of that. And then my freshman year I actually got involved with SAC and that kind of transformed my college career um, over the course of the next couple of years. So staying involved with that, getting involved with NCAA SAC um, really changed, I think, what, what would have been the course of my college career if I hadn't done that otherwise. Um, and then my senior season, of course, with everything that happened with the pandemic, kind of losing that, that um, slow band-aid pull, I would say, of like the end of my volleyball career just we'll play in the fall oh maybe the winter maybe the spring and then sorry you're done um so not the ending that I would have expected but I don't I know that this sounds like kind of cheesy cheesy but I don't know if I would change it um also a lot more awareness about mental health about what I need to be successful in and out of the classroom a lot of things like that definitely transformed over the four years of my career and I teased it you're in grad school at Syracuse for clinical mental health counseling so Definitely a big passion of mine. And something obviously that is uh, in high demand right now. All right, Kendall, um, how uh, did your experience change from beginning to end in your college career? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I sort of got started with all of this right as the role for student athletes was beginning to change. You know, I got to the University of New Mexico, you know, again, uh, bushy-tailed, excited to just be an athlete. Um, and after my first bout at trials, I wanted to get involved more. And so I actually attended the NCA's leadership forum. And that was really a life changer for me and a lot of other student athletes. We learned about what happens at championships and how intercollegiate athletics actually operates. And from there, 
Um, I got involved with SAC, was the Mountain West rep, um, got a part, you know, became a part of uh, National SAC board chair. And that was right when everything was changing for us. We were, we had fought really hard um, for governance reforms, right when everything was kind of changing. And we were able to advocate to have student athletes serve on the division one board of directors. And we got one. Um, I was lucky enough to be that first person. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been an amazing ride. You know, we've seen the role for student athletes change over the past couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I'm incredibly blessed to have had the experience I had as an advocate at the University of New Mexico, but also as an athlete, both uh, current, former, and now professional. So it's been, it's been amazing. It's been inspiring. And it's um, exactly what got me here today. You're up, Megan. Come on. Okay, I didn't know if you're going to throw it over to me. And how, also, how do I follow those two? Um, I think that when I look back on my entire college career, there's no way coming in, I would have expected athletics to have had as big of a role as it has. Um, whenever I started at Colorado College, I joined the team partially because I didn't know anyone else coming here. And I knew that running was something I knew how to do and how to do well. And college was this big, scary place. And here were 30 people who were forced to be my friend. So I think I really started it looking for that team. And when I think about my team, I start to get emotional because they're some of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. Um, I think a lot of people think about running and how it's an individual sport and it is individual in so many ways, but I can tell you without a doubt that there's no way I would be getting up and doing what I do and what I have the privilege to do every day without my teammates. Um, so quick shout out to, to all those teammates that I've had over the years, but when I came into college, um, I've been on the pre-med track since day one. So academics has always come first. And I think the beauty of being a division three athlete is that I've never had to compromise that for the ability to also compete and be competitive athletically. And it's actually been so eye-opening to me how athletics has provided me with leadership opportunities, professional development opportunities, but more than that, just opportunities to see how the world works in so many different ways and to understand how I can be a part of something bigger than myself in a lot of ways. Um, and so I think that I'm extremely fortunate to have had the opportunities that I've had to meet the people that I've met, to have the mentors that I've had. And we actually just won conference championships last weekend. And so having that success athletically has been incredible. And I couldn't have ever predicted I'd be in the position that I'm in now and hopefully affecting the change that will be meaningful for athletes for years to come. All right. So this is great because look, I'm not going to romanticize that there are problems. We know there are problems and there are things that need to be fixed. But see, in that short little snippets from each one of you, you could get a sense of what college athletics meant to you, to your peers, and how it's not just everyone being taken advantage of all the time, that you all got something out of it for yourselves. You know, what you put in, you took out. And as I said, I'm not saying there are problems. There are, and there are things to be fixed. But Kendall, I want to go to you because you were that first person, the voice of the student athlete, which yes, and I've been doing this quite a while, was not heard from. How much have you seen it now? Because we're going to get to where you guys are all sharing a role here in the change of this organization. But how much have you seen that it's not just sort of a token position of a student athlete, that the student athlete now actually can have that voice be heard? Um, it's, it's about trust. It's about trust. You know, anyone that was at that uh, convention um, and I think Washington, D.C., and I want to say 2013, 2014, 
when we were talking about these changes, we'll tell you, you know, the rhetoric around having student athletes involved and having a seat at the table was all about, you know, they won't have time. They don't have the information. They won't attend the meetings. They won't be informed. Um, and more importantly, they won't be able to contribute to the conversation beyond here's what the student athlete experience really was. That's changed dramatically. Um, and we've been fighting that ever since, uh, ever since, you know, I've, I've really been involved. And I think one of the biggest things that we've seen is when you get student athletes in the room, they're going to be prepared. Um, it's all about investment in the, in the educational opportunities for the student athletes and bringing them into those discussions. You know, once, um, once I had gotten involved, um, I was at the table with my athletic directors, with the Mountain West Conference, you know, with their board of directors. So by the time I got to any of the committees at the NCAA um, or at the national level, um, yes, I was speaking for student athletes and I was speaking from that lens, but I had already had a bunch of conversations with conference commissioners, with athletic directors. So from the Mountain West perspective, yeah, I could tell you what it meant for student athletes, but I could also tell you what it meant for the student athletes at the University of Wyoming and how they're situated differently. Same thing with Fresno State and so on and so forth. And I think now that administrators are starting to see that, um, it's becoming a process that people are not only trusting a lot more, but they're beginning to actually embrace. And that's incredibly powerful. And I don't think we would be where we are today without that sort of transformation. And so I, you know, I, I applaud the membership as a whole for trusting us with this and for investing in our education and involvement um, from start to finish. So to that end, and I wanna, uh, uh, before we jump into the constitution committee, I want this last thing to put a bow um, and, and Madeline as someone who just completed it and Megan who's in the middle of competition, it feels like there was the perfect storm for the student athlete involvement from exactly what Kendall's talking about um, to what has happened in the last year plus of, you know, essentially every student athlete, no matter their gender, race, uh, really being listened to of their experiences post George Floyd's murder. Then you have the pandemic and all the mental health issues that you're talking about, the isolation, quarantine, um, distancing from your friends, everything, losing seasons, mm -hmm. to then on NIL, all D123 of name, image, and likeness. So that empowerment that has really at warp speed transpired over the last, you know, less than two years, how has all of this come together at the exact same time? How has that changed the student athlete experience, do you think, First Madeline, then Megan. I will definitely say it left us pretty busy at every single meeting that we had. There's always a hot topic, a hot thing on our table to be discussed and a lot of things that we had to be really aware of and really educated about. Um, I think, like you said, it was a perfect storm of all of these things that not only impacted student athletes to whatever extent, but that we really, really cared about, whether it was social justice, mental health, name image likeness, all of these things weren't just like, well, what did the student athletes think? It was, we'll tell you what we think. And here's why, because this is, this is what we care about. And I think something else that we really realized, um, not just within college, college athletics, but I think we saw this, this on a really big stage um, within the NCAA was athletes, student athletes have such a great platform to share their voice, to share what they're passionate about, to advocate for all these different causes. And student athletes really took advantage of that. I think of um, tweets like, 
we'll shut up and dribble, like just, just play your sport. That idea I think is kind of going to the wayside as we really are listening to all these athletes, especially student athletes speak up about what they're passionate about. And again, a perfect storm of all these events to really showcase that that student athlete voice is growing and it's really strong and people are listening. Again, how do I follow that? Um, I cannot echo more what, what Mads is saying. I think the other thing that, that she really hit on is the fact that student athletes aren't just students and we aren't just athletes. We're people who care a lot about what we do. In order to strike up the balance of being a student athlete at any level, you have to have a certain level of commitment, determination, and grit that many people, many students don't have. And I think that it's really interesting whenever we look at what the power of the student athlete voice, what it holds, because I think that's where you really get into changes that can actually be made. And I really see what's happened recently as just the tip of the iceberg, because I think when people start to get uncomfortable with student athletes talking, again, there's a lot of reasons Kendall brought up about being worried about us not having enough time or things like that. Um, but I think they get uncomfortable because they don't realize the reason we're speaking up is because we care so much about what the future holds. And I've been told my entire collegiate athletic career that being a student athlete will look really good on resumes in the future. And, you know, it, it means something in the world post-grad. And I think we need to realize that it also means something while you're in school. You're a highly dedicated individual and you care about what's going on. And we also have the fact that all social justice issues are also affecting us while we're still playing sports. There's still equity issues when I'm in a cross country race. I'm a person on the start line. I'm a person at the finish and these issues are still affecting me. And like Mads was saying, we now have a platform because we're this group that's together. We're a group that people are watching. We have a platform to actually speak out on issues and say, this is something we care about. Here's why we care about it. Because even more importantly than calling attention to issues, we can call attention to the importance of educating yourself on issues. So that way we're getting into conversations and people are actually able to have a conversation as opposed to a lot of what we've had in the world, which is people talking at one another and not listening. So I think that's really where student athletes can come into into the broader conversations that are happening across the country and also the conversations about the NCAA because at the end of the day many athletes you know we're not going to settle for good enough we're going to strive to be better and that's what we're currently doing is we're trying to make the NCAA and the collegiate experience for student athletes better. So Kendall how do you rebut when someone says oh you know these are track athletes volleyball but you know how, how does that equate to football and basketball? I would say the same argument can be used for an athletic director that represents a bunch of sports that he or she never played. It's that simple, right? I mean, I mean, I, I, I so Andy, if you can't tell, it wasn't just because of law school. I love these type of debates. They are so much fun um, because a lot of this stuff is misinformation. And a lot of the things that happen in football and basketball also happen in track and field and tennis and soccer and softball, right? We're all student athletes and we can both reckon like we can recognize that while there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of different parts of the student athlete experience that are going to be different, but most of it's going to be very similar and the issues are going to be very much the same. And it's, it's just like what, you know, what Megan is saying and what Mads is saying, a lot of this comes down to education, you know, as, as a SAC chair, as a SAC president, as just a leader on campus, our job is to be informed of the issues and to be able to advocate for those individuals that are affected. And that's a matter of education. That's how you change culture. And that's how you actually change the trajectory 
of the student athlete experience in all divisions and in all conferences and in, on all institutions. And so the argument with the whole like, well, you're a track athlete, you're not a football player. I mean, you know, those are usually conversations people try to leave me out of for that very reason, right? So, um, I, you know, I think it's, it's not just about student athlete voice, it's about student athlete advocacy. You gotta be able to do the work. Well, I'm gonna just tell you, I was just playing, having a little fun being devil's advocate because I've seen it with my own eyes. I don't care what sports you play. The only difference, only difference you could make an argument between a football basketball player versus, uh, you know, other Olympic sports is potentially the attendance. That is it. And in terms of the time commitment and the athletic prowess, it is equal, if not better. It's all, you know what? So anyway, let's go to, that's how I feel. I don't mind getting on my soapbox on that. All right. Constitution committee sounds, you know, very legislative, uh, wonky, very DC kind of centric kind of constitution committee. What is it? Where can the student athletes really within this affected change? How can you affect that change, Madeline? I want to have everyone go around the room. We're going to go Madeline, Megan, Kendall on how you can really affect the change on the constitution committee. I think something that I've taken um, as taken to heart from my first day involved with SAC at the national level and at my institutional level even was don't be afraid to speak up. And so I think that's been something that I've really carried with me into these meetings is of course it's intimidating. You're sitting in this room with all these people who are so much smarter than you. So, so many accomplishments doing so great. They're so impressive. And to sit there and think, well, what, why would these people care about what I have to say? I had to shut that down so quickly because the fact of the matter was that they did care and that I was in that room for a reason. The three of us were in that room for a reason. And it was because these, it was because they instantly recognized that this new draft that we're working on will not work for student athletes if we're not taking student athlete voice and student athletes opinions, student athletes expertise, honestly, into consideration. Um, and so I think the way that we've affected change is just showing up and the way the student athletes have trickled down is that we've been having town halls, we're having conversations, we've been really pulling a lot of data, a lot of um, opinions, a lot of experiences from our fellow student athletes to see what was this like for you? What could be better? What could be different? What was not great? Taking all of that into the meetings and sharing that with these people. And I think I can, I don't want to speak for all three of us, but I feel like I maybe can a little bit. We were all ready to go, ready to fight. And of course it has been a fight, but we really haven't had to battle too much. It seemed like a lot of the administrators were completely on board with a good chunk of the things that we were suggesting. It was clear that they recognized that the th same things that we cared about, um, they cared about too. And they cared about making some of those things happen for us that we brought to the table. All right, before you speak, uh, Megan, you can't just tease me. What were some of them? I can speak for myself. I'm, again, of course, really passionate about a lot of these staffing issues, but mental health is really my wheelhouse of what I care the most about um, from personal experiences, of course. But I was ready to really like push and advocate, like we have to have mental health in this constitution. Like I want it in writing in these places. And everyone's like, yep, okay, that sounds good. Like I think if they thought it should be there too. It's not just like a small example, but. Um, well, let me, I'm sorry, I got to dive deeper. In what way mental health? I mean, that's as broad, I, in what way? So in the current constitution, um, I'm sure everyone's read that page to page, front to back. The current constitution makes no men no mention of mental health. It just talks about kind of protecting the physical well-being of our student athletes. And as we've seen, that's not cutting it. That's not enough. Brains and organ too. Yeah. 
it's definitely important. And so just getting those words in there and making sure that it's legislated, it's talked about, it's a priority. Um, again, one of the priorities of the constitution is college athlete well-being, and that's well-being on a holistic sense. It's not just physical health, it's mental wellness, emotional wellness, academic wellness. Um, again, that really holistic sense. And something that I thought that I think a lot of us were really passionate about was education. Megan kind of touched on it a little bit ago. Um, we're hoping that we can get something passed within this new constitution that really highlights the importance of and kind of, um, I don't want to say mandates, but really, really strongly, strongly, strongly encourages institutions to make sure that they're educating their coaches, their administrators about mental health. Because what I've heard from a lot of student athletes and definitely from my own experience that coaches, some of them do not have the education that they need to be able to um, approach these topics with the right amount of information and approach them safely and in the best interest of their student athletes. Um, so I don't know if that's too much detail. I don't no, know. No, no, I'm going to just tell you right now. <laughs> two things I'm passionate about with you, and we've talked about it on this show. One, it's okay not to be okay. And coaches also need a mental health day. If you don't got it on this particular day, you're doing no good to your team. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of things happen in people's lives every day. You could be going through all sorts of craziness at your home. And you know what? I can't deal with this team today. And that's okay. You need to mm -hmm. take a day and your player may need to do that. Also, we talk about making sure that an athletic trainer is always on site for every athletic event. Well, a mental health professional should be in every athletic department. That's my two cents. All right. I will really quickly just add that um, something that I've done a little bit of research on that I'm really passionate about is just like you're saying, coaches, administrators have these bad days too. And what we've kind of found is that if you as a coach, as an administrator, somebody that your student athletes look up to in whatever way, talk about that and are willing to share those experiences and be open about any struggles you've had with your mental well-being. That does a lot for your student athletes' willingness to talk about it and to be open about it. Um, and I think that's kind of like that trickle-down effect that we see where we're more willing to talk about it in this sense than as a coach, then your players will be too. And that just makes your entire team culture better. All right. So that we've dealt with that. Give me something else, Megan. Yes. I think that, so mental health was one that Mads was definitely spearheading and I was supporting her on. And I think that um, something that she might be too shy to mention, but is the fact that we are not only having these conversations, we are actually writing words that are going in the constitution we are sending in sentences saying put this in here here's why let's talk about it next week and i think a lot of people might suspect that we're going to have a, a passive position in, on this committee i mean i looked around that room i think i'm probably the only person in this room who doesn't have a bachelor's degree at this point um and that was incredibly intimidating for a bit and then i realized there are 200,000 student athletes that i represent when i sit in that chair that is more than anyone else in that room is representing in terms of the position that we're representing. The three of us together have hundreds of thousands of student athletes that are behind us that we are the voice for. And I think that something big that we've been pushing for this whole time is continuing that representation, making sure that it's actually written in there because the changes that Kendall's talking about are so recent, this constitution is a lot older. And so we need to make sure that this constitution, if it's serving the future of student athletes, secures the student athlete voice at these tables. Because I think we're extremely fortunate that the three of us are on this committee. At the same time, 
why am I alone representing 200,000 student athletes? I think, I think there comes a question there um, and, and a pressure with that responsibility. But something that I personally was spearheading was the gender equity and the diversity and inclusion pieces of this constitution. And that's where I started drafting some of the language because the current constitution, again, that Mads was referencing, you know, all 43 pages of it has two sentences on gender equity. And they basically say, don't break the law. And in my mind, that's not enough. I am particularly passionate about uh, women's participation and everyone's equal participation in sports. And I think when we look at the history of sports, we can't, it's not enough to just say, okay, well, yeah, everyone has access to it because we're ignoring the historical piece of sports that has excluded so many people for so long, rules that have excluded people and hurt people. And I think that if we think about the student athlete experience as one that's supposed to be enriching individuals' lives, we need to look at it from the perspective of how do we make sure not only are we not harming people, but we're giving everyone these opportunities to really get the most out of it. We're not giving them an invitation after the fact. And so gender equity was one piece that I wanted to make sure we had very active language on in the constitution. Again, I sent in you know half a page of text it definitely got trimmed down because one of the goals of this committee is to make a shorter constitution in general, but we are not sitting passively by, we are actively contributing in every conversation. We're unmuting ourselves on those Zoom calls that everyone dreads, you know, being in those big Zoom rooms. But I think that the what we bring to the table is more than, you know, just talking about our student athlete experience. It's also saying, why would student athletes want to be part of the NCAA, because the NCAA isn't what it is without student athletes. So in my mind, the constitution is also a promise to student athletes of what can you expect when you join this, this association? What does it mean for you? And, and what are you kind of part of? You know, it's funny you, you say about how many people you're representing. And, and I don't know, it popped in my head when Kendall referenced University of Wyoming. You essentially are like a senator from Wyoming in terms of population, uh, because the state only has a few hundred thousand people. So you're basically like United States Senator here representing an entire state with the amount of people that you represent. And also with gender equity, you know, obviously got all the headlines with the women's basketball tournament last uh, March. And there's obviously the report that's all about championships, but it really starts at the school level, school conference championships. And that has to be, of course, drilled down. All right, Kendall, put a bow on it for me about another issue that you think has been or will need to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so so here's here's the truth. Um, when we got into truth. this position um, and we started everything we were doing with the you know with the review committee, the you know the vast majority of people there were expecting us to just be there to talk about the student athlete well being section. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I was I was there to to do that, but also to 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 prove a point and to also make sure that moving forward there was a path for other student athletes to step into these roles and provide meaningful input on things that you know weren't just gender equity, weren't just mental health, weren't just student athlete well being. Um, so a lot of the you know the language around you know conference uh, responsibilities and the responsibilities for membership institutions and NIL and a lot of these, these, these different pockets have student athlete voice actually all over it. Um, and a lot of people don't know that and they don't know that yet because they haven't seen it, but they will. So really, you know, a big part for me was, was you know, um, talking about this idea of a student athlete ombudsman, someone that was on campus that student athletes could go to and report violations of the constitution. Um, when we went to our town halls and 
met with the hundreds and, and thousands of student athletes while, while we were getting feedback for this for 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 these different drafts. Um, a lot of them didn't actually know that in the initial constitution, it was the responsibility of schools to include student athletes in a lot of the decision making. They didn't even know that. Right. And so right then and there, that sort of told us that, you know, we needed to maybe approach this a little differently. So, yeah, we have this great student athlete well-being piece that talks about coach responsibilities and all the things that Madeline was talking about that she's right. Most people weren't going to disagree with us on, which is, of course, not, especially with what just happened. But there are these other areas about like financial, um, you know, support and the responsibilities for conferences and, um, you know, the, the, the role of the NCAA president and, you know, sort of the overall input on what the values of the NCAA should be, that it was very important for me to make sure that we were represented there. And, you know, here's like, I guess for, for, for me, what's really important is, no, we didn't get a lot of pushback on the student athlete well-being piece, but like we've gotten into it with some representatives about things like NIL, things like the board of governors composition, right? Because now student athletes, student athletes are gonna have a much bigger voice, I'll put it that way. And so part of the role for us was to make sure we were paving the way so that every administrator from here to you know, 2060, 2070 was, was comfortable with student athletes being able to step into these roles and be able to provide meaningful input beyond some of the boxes that typically that people typically expect us to check right i want us to be able to get in the room and talk about like hey listen here's how we think revenue should be distributed because i've seen the reports i've seen the needs i've talked to the individuals not just the student athletes here's what i think the role of the ncaa president should be because i've done the research and i understand how it works i want us to be arriving at a destination where you've got student athletes and you've got conference commissioners and you've got athletic directors and presidents able to communicate on the same wavelength so that we don't get to the table and it's like oh no what do i do i'm not accomplished i don't i don't do what they do the reality is we not only do some of the things that we do but we do a really good job sometimes even better right and so it was really important for us to make sure that that got out there and so i am incredibly proud of our group wow i mean i i mean this is what's I try to scream this from the mountaintop and those that I work with uh, at the NNCAA assembly know that I get incredibly frustrated that people in the general Twitterverse don't fully grasp um, the involvement of the student athlete, that the student athletes do have a voice and they are using it now more than ever and will continue to do so obviously. Um, and I'm hoping that we can continue to get the word out that when this constitution is rewritten, it is being rewritten with the voice of the student athlete, because first of all, the student athletes are the people that are not just playing the sports, but will eventually become those athletic directors, those conference commissioners, those administrators, uh, let alone Congress uh, men and women and senators, uh, you know, Andy, uh, and Andy, beyond. Andy, just, just, you know, just really quickly, part of the problem and part of why we're where we are today is because I think we've given people in the public too much of a say of what we do in intercollegiate athletics as if they know how this goes. They're not presidents, they're not ADs, they're not student athletes, they're not senior women administrators. And we've given them, you know, we've given the public too much space to be able to dictate how we govern ourselves. And that's a big problem. Well, I I'll tell you, go ahead. I just wanna say that as you're talking about, you know, here are your future athletic directors and conference commissioners, 
the changes that we make to sports culture that we perpetuate, like what exactly what Mads is talking about, about mental health. If we tell a collegiate student athlete, it's okay to take a mental health day, to check in with themselves and their teammates. In four years when they graduate and then they go on to coach your kid's little league team, this is how we change sports culture because we can start these conversations early on. On all the sports teams that I've been a part of, mental health was never mentioned. Maybe late in my high school career was brought up kind of in the periphery. We can change sports culture because the people doing the participating in collegiate athletics are the ones that will perpetuate our love for and commitment for sports in younger generations. That's where gender equity comes in too. I want every little girl who's out there playing sports to know that she belongs there, that she deserves every opportunity to compete just like someone else. So I know that's a little to the side, but I think we can't underscore the importance of what this committee means in terms of the fact that the constitute, the NCAA is so, it takes up such a large space in athletics that it is going to trickle down, not only to college athletes, but to sports in general. Well, I'll just say this and I'll close. I, I love having this conversation that it's funny for those that want to destroy the entity. It's the actual, it's the complete opposite of what is going to happen. It's going to come out. I firmly believe this better than ever uh, because of all this input from people like the three of you. So it's going to be the complete opposite um, of, of, of what those that uh, are destructive, you know, want to happen. So this is wonderful. Uh, I love the fact that the three of you are so invested and involved and it's going to be a, a much better um, product and experience for every student and student athlete and everyone involved in college athletics going forward. Uh, I can't wait to see just everything else that, uh, that happens uh, in the weeks and months and years ahead. Kendall, Madeline, and Megan, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and as always, everyone can uh, go to ncaa.org slash social series where all our social series are archived. This was a good one, as always, with people like this. Thanks for watching, everyone.